Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The best late night conservative talk show in America. Black Kids Radio. And listen, there are no people better on the air to give you the best in conservative talk than Black Kids John and Black Kids Clint. Uh, and uh, we're working on immigration papers for a certain other guy who happens to work here, too. <laughs> for those who are tuning in around the world to the best late-night conservative talk, Tack Heads Radio. Tack, 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 dude. Tack, 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 dude. Radio. Tack, 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 dude. Tack, 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 dude. Radio. Metropolitan neighborhood. So I thought that was amazing. Great story. Everyone on the podcast is going to love that because that was outstanding. I mean, it was seriously hilarious. And the look on the alpaca's face, too, when it came around the corner was just, it was priceless. Anyways, I tried to snap a picture with my, my phone. That's the picture I sent to you. Right. But you really couldn't couldn't tell. Um, I hope our listeners really enjoyed that. I'm just, I'm just glad that you put it up on that website and you gave out the URL. So, Anyhow, communications are challenging here. Uh, <laughs> Other than that, I'm doing really well. Uh, no complaints. We're back. You know, glad to be back in the seat as we are every week. Thank you, Sako, for finally punching metaphorically Blog Talk Radio in the face to get us live on the air. Um, lot to talk about this week. Um, I want to first talk about um, your ensemble. Okay. I've never seen I travel with the band everywhere. That's why I have an ensemble. I, I have never seen life-size Christmas ornaments hung on a Christmas tree on a sweater like you have on right now. It, it's, it's very, like, Clark Griswold-esque. Um, kind of Clark Griswold-Eddie mixture. I love it. I didn't know we were having an ugly sweater competition. I uh, I could I love the shirt. It it, was, no, it's great. I think it's awesome. <laughs> so, okay, so so let me describe it for our, our viewers that can't or our, our listeners that can't see. So it's a bright red um, sweater, and it's got this big green Christmas tree on the front that almost reminds me of shag carpet from like the late sixties, early seventies, and it has life-size Christmas ornaments 
hung on the front of this sweater. Now, was that knitted for you? Did you purchase that? Because I, know I bought it. Okay. I bought it on eBay. Now, was that one seventy-five that you, bucks? Was that one you purchased for like an ugly sweater competition? What do you mean, ugly sweater? No, no, no. It's just a. It's like, just a nice sweater I have. No, it's great. It's it's festive. It is festive. Dude, I said it last week. I'll say it again. I'm a holly jolly mofo. This is I, my listen, favorite time of the year. Don't give me the bladed hand poke while you're poking at me. I wasn't here last week. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. So welcome to everyone in the chat room, and we appreciate everyone being in there. And my alpaca story. Everyone's chatting it up. Love to have you. If you have any questions or comments, you know how to get in touch with us. 347-205-9399. I have a comment. What's we were also been doing while I was gone? I'm um, a lot of feedback in my headset right now from the microphone. <laughs> I don't know what he's been doing. You know what's funny is he keeps – he's one of those guys, and this is why I love Sako. Sako's one of those guys that whenever he's doing something and we're not in here to see it, he calls me and texts me to let me know. Like, just proof that he's working. Like, hey, just so you know, I ran by the studio today and worked on the server and blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. I don't call you and I'm like, hey, I took a shower. But you know what? He's actually one of the partners. Yeah. So it's not like he's going to put him for over. No, exactly. Well, we need, as we talked about before, we need a two-thirds, um, uh-oh, we need a two-thirds approval on anything like that. And, uh, well, on anything like him working or taking overtime? Account? If we're going to oh, pay overtime, two thirds of the board approval, and seeing how you and I are two thirds. Eh. I'm not looking good for our hero. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I got to start off with the fun story. Go ahead, Mr. Sexiest Abs in Radio. I read that article. Hey, thank you very much. You're you can welcome. find that in uh, Chunky Radio Weekly. Uh, it's an online blog that I do. <laughs> if you have a question for us on Twitter, you can hashtag it, SHR for Sackheads Radio. So remember the president's uncle that he's never heard about or met or... Um, if the we, president's never met him or heard about him, how would I have? Right. Well, no, because he's the guy that, in Massachusetts that was arrested for DUI. And then the well, president said... legally, so it's fine. Right. No, he happens to be illegal. Um, and there's a deportation. He's a criminal, He's a criminal alien. alien. Right. His, he, his being cannot be illegal, but his action of being in the country without approval can be illegal, so he is a criminal alien. Correct. Thank you. Um, it's lovely to have you back. So anyhow. It's not so, gay if he's an alien, right? Right. I love that. was the funniest picture. Um, so, yeah, he's at a deportation. Last week he said, oh, uh, you know, after the president was – I don't really know him, and he's kind of like estranged. And I didn't know of him, but I kind of did blah, 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 blah. So then uh, he has his hearing last week, and he's like, oh, yeah, the president lived with me for a while here and there when he was going to Harvard and stayed with me. Yeah, then we took selfies together. Right. So what? it came up again this week, and uh, I think it was yesterday, somebody pressed Carney on Obama's oh, uncle. And the I, Carney. The Carney. And I, I, I just... Amazing. Listen to this. Uh, different subject. The Boston Globe has some news today saying that the White House has changed its story about the president's relationship with his uncle, uh, who lives in the Boston area. You know, he was under threat of deportation this week. His, his father's half brother. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the White believe his uncle, but yeah. But his uncle. Correct. The White House said in 2011, I believe, that there was no record of them ever meeting. And now the Boston Globe is being told by the White House, and I assume you can uh, elaborate here that, in fact, they not only met, but they lived together briefly when the president was in law school. So how, how could you make that kind of mistake? 
Well, uh, what I can tell you, Ed, uh, and thank you for the question, is that uh, back when this uh, arose, uh, folks <laughs> looked at the record, including the President's book, and there was no evidence that they had met. There was, uh, and uh, that was what was conveyed. Nobody spoke to the President. When uh, Omar Obama said the other day, and there were reports that he had said the other day that uh, President Obama, back when he was a law school student, had stayed with him in Cambridge, uh, I thought it was the right thing to do to go ask him. Nobody had asked him in the past, and the President said that he, in fact, had met uh, Omar Obama when he moved to Cambridge for law school and that he stayed with him for a brief period of time uh, until his, the President's apartment was ready. After that, they saw each other uh, once every few months while the President was in Cambridge, and then after law school, they gradually fell out of touch. The President has not seen uh, Omar Obama in 20 years and has not spoken with him in roughly 10 years. Uh, so, and as I said the other day, you know, obviously uh, this was an issue. His uh, legal issue was one that uh, was handled appropriately by absolutely zero interference. Yeah. So nobody thought to ask Obama. They just read his book and said, well, there's no evidence that we ever met because there's no letters or there's nothing mentioned in his book. So we're not going to ask him. We're just going to look for evidence that they met. And there's no evidence that they met. So we're just going to go with that. No, he said he hadn't seen him in 20 years. Well, hang on a second. I okay. want to finish with this whole evidence thing. Because then McCartney says, well, I just asked him. And he was like, well, yeah. Yeah, I met him. I stayed with him a little bit here and there. So when the White House initially denied this, why didn't the president say, hey, wait a second, that's inaccurate? No, I, I, I did, in fact, meet him. Unless, again, Obama didn't really know what was happening. <laughs> he had no idea. The message that was sent out um, because he was uh, playing golf or really worried about our troops and focusing on um, the war effort and planning battle maps to go get uh, bin Laden and so forth. Well, and I think he was also practicing his entry, too. He was doing an entry team practice when he went to get OBL. Right, yeah, because he did, in fact, pull the trigger on that, right, I believe. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Here's the part that's amazing to me. It's all amazing to me. What do you mean, here's the part that's amazing well, to you? Just the fact that he's like, well, you know, um, he, hasn't talked to, he hasn't seen him in 20 years. Obama graduated Harvard in 1991, so that means eh, he hasn't seen him since 1993. So he's seen him after he graduated, which is not what Carney said. He said 20 years. Right. You would think at this point he'd be specific. It's funny how You're using he has math very, right now. Hold on. It's funny how he has uber-specific numbers when he thinks it benefits him. Of course. But then he gets freaking vague. Yeah. And then he's like, but he hasn't even talked to him in 10 years. So... You're telling me that... Listen, right about it, the time he was in the Senate and getting ready to run for president? Something around Maybe. Yeah. Like or he had to kind of go into the, himself away from right, the illegal alien. Into politics now. Criminal alien. Listen, I, I have a nephew. I have a couple nephews. If my nephew was president, I would reach out to him, not because I'm estranged and trying to get something, which obviously these guys do, and, and he'll probably get it. Um, but... Because it's my nephew, and I'm close with my family, and I would, it wouldn't be 10 or 20 years. I would also not, if my nephew is an illegal, or if I was illegal, um, I don't think my nephew would forget something like that. Right. And, well, and the other thing, too, that Carney says is, oh, you mean uh, 
the president's father's half-brother. Yeah, and it's not like the president was close with his father. It's not like he wrote a book, Dreams from My Father, or anything like that. You know, it's not like the president really idolized his father to where his father's half-brother would really mean anything. <laughs> oh, man. Jay Carney, every single... It's a douchebag. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we all know that. Uh, I thought I thought we were playing that game where let's finish each other's Oh, sentences. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah, let's try that again. Yeah. Jay Carney is a... Douchebag. Right. Okay. And I agree with you. But at what point is he either going to just quit and just be like, yeah, you know what? I, I can't do this anymore. If he, if, he had, if he had, in my opinion, if he stones. had stones or any kind of backbone or personal integrity, right. he would. But I don't believe Jay Carney has personal integrity because he's just a pompous, condescending ass. He is. He gets a question he doesn't like or he gets challenged over something that's legitimate, and he's just a pompous, condescending ass. Absolutely. I mean, Therefore, he, I, don't, I don't think he has a uh, soul. No, that's not the right word. Um, I don't think he has – I don't think he has integrity. I, I do not believe Jay Carney is a man there, of integrity. There's, there's not knots of integrity in the man, and, and it's getting worse as time gets on. In the Carney, I don't even want to call him a man because a man has integrity. Right. Um, what's spineless and lives amoeba? All right, let's call it an amoeba. Okay. Ghostbusters on protoplasmic scum. Ooh, I like that one very, very much. I just want to know when this administration is going to realize a few things. It's 2000, what, 13, almost 14. We have video. That keeps burning them left and right, yet they keep lying continuously. We have still photography and now a selfie. We, uh, <laughs> we have audio. We keep records. You can just about Google everything because if you couldn't, the show probably wouldn't exist much. Um, <laughs> and they keep shutting us down. You know, one of the things that that helps is the American people keep administrations, Congress, um, elected officials, appointed officials, honest about what's happened in the past. We all knew about Obama's uncle six years ago, and then it went away. It sank. I, I remember when he was arrested for DUI, I think the second time or whatever, and it got really quiet. And there, you know, it popped up a little bit, but that was back when the media was in the heyday of defending this guy to the end. Nobody dare question Carney. He said it with the exception of a few but if Carney said it, the rest of the mainstream media just gobbled it up. And, when, and now that they're starting to be pushed back, it, their lies keep getting caught. You know, like Benghazi, Fast and the Furious, um, you know, all the phony scandals that we've been dealing with. The media is like a woman scorned. <laughs> Don't do that to women, please. No, <laughs> think about it. Right? It, it, no, because I'm going to get us in trouble. So, it's like a scorned lover. It doesn't matter if it's male or woman. No, because a scorned woman is something to be reckoned with. This is true. This is true. This is very true. Not, I've never scorned a man, so I really, I guess I wouldn't have anything to compare it to. It is like the ultimate. But I have scorned a woman, and yeah. But it's just astounding to me. And then no, I, I watched that. Clip, no one followed up on it. Like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, Jay. That's not really true. 
But at least they asked the question. Well, I think that was a. I think it was Ed Henry on Fox that asked that question. Oh well, never mind. But should we? You know, somebody asked me this question when I talked. Well, what are you going to talk about tonight? I said, oh, I'm just probably going to bring up Obama's uncle. And they said, Well, should that even be news? I said, You know what? The fact that he is arrested, maybe probably isn't that big of a deal. But the fact that this White House and administration is once again lying to cover their ass about something. That's the news story. That's the news story. And the fact that it's not really a big deal. Listen, we all have that uncle or that relative. We're like, oh, yeah, I guess he's related to me. I you think know, I am that relative. It, we all have the cousin. I think I am that relative. Right, you are. And so are you. No. No, 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 you are. Oh, that explains a lot. That It's weird because I showed up at the Christmas party the other night and I was pissed because everybody was late. And you still have that same sweater on. And I still have the same sweater on. Everyone was late. As a matter of fact, they all didn't show up, which I was really mad at. But I saw pictures from it, which is really weird because I don't remember it. Everyone said I was drunk. Um, or at the wrong spot. I don't everybody remember which one it was. Everyone has their cousin Eddie. Everyone has their cousin Eddie. And I understand when politicians get that cousin and they're like, you know what? I, I just I don't deal with them. I have to separate from them. You know, blah, 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 blah. Usually, A, they're not illegals. Um, criminals. Sorry, criminal aliens. If the, in this case, if Obama was like, you know what? I had nothing to do with him from the time he got here. I knew he was here a long time ago. I hadn't talked to him. I told him to get out of the country or get himself legal, whatever, and I stepped away from him. If that had been the case from the word go, okay. You know what? I would, I would honestly, I would be okay if he said, listen, that's my uncle. Yeah, I knew he was here illegally. I told him he needed to go through the proper legal process, and that's, that's fine. He's my uncle. I'm not going to break contact with him. Listen, yeah, I'm the president of the United States. Now I'm expected to uphold the law. The Justice Department or whoever has, has stepped in, he's through the deportation process. We're going to let the legal process take its course. Right. And as president of the United States, I can pardon him because he's a family member. I, I Honestly, I wouldn't care. Right, I'd say okay. It's his family member. If he wants to pardon him, if he, yeah, it's politics, and we can have that that little argument. But I, I wouldn't care if he owned it. Listen, that's my uncle. Hey, I get it. It's your family member. You're not going to turn your back on him. I would hope not. I would hope he was a better man not to turn his back on a family member. Well, right. However, hey, I knew he had a drinking problem or whatever it is. He keeps getting arrested for DUI. I want to get him the help he needs. But if he tried to help him years ago, or if he knew it and said, you need to make this right, and yeah. if you don't, I don't want to be around you because I don't want my kids, anyone to know their uncle who is repeatedly in violation of the law and not able to follow the laws and rules of the country that I'm hoping to one day lead. Right. And if he separated himself, that's fine. Just come out and say that. You know what? He's estranged. I told him not to talk to me. Um, I've cooperated with any questions that's been asked because I, I feel that that's my civic duty to do so. I understand love and I understand family and all that. But you know what? I tried to help him get it right. He chose not to. Whatever. I would be okay if he didn't estrange himself. Either I'm saying either, yeah. either side of the coin is fine. But when you try to put the coin up on its end, mm-hmm. And lie about it and say, oh, this happened so long ago, blah, 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 blah. You're lying. And we all know it. it but that's the story. Right. It's that's like, the story. So when, when, the, when the listener asks you, well, is that really a story? The yes. story isn't the uncle. No, it's the, a lie. The story is the lie or the deception involved. And it's the continuing deception with this administration. Exactly. And that's the thing that frustrates me is they can't even be honest about something so trivial 
that would save them a headache. But instead, they go up there and they try to lay down this ridiculous groundwork for something that's not a big deal and then turn around and uh, get mad when people call. And they do it with every quote-unquote scandal, phony or not. Every single time they lay something out and somebody asks them a question, Carney snaps back at them, talks over them, ignores them. Remember when he ignored Ed Henry until Ed Henry walked out of the uh, press meeting a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago now? It is insane. You're the press secretary. You represent the administration. The other thing you don't do is interject your aggravation when you are a vessel of information. That's it. At the end of the day, Jay Carney, all you are is a video monitor mm-hmm. that's receiving information and blurbing it back out. And when you go on these tirades and you make it personal with these reporters, who, by the way, you may not understand this, but they're doing their friggin' job. More so now than ever in the last five and a half years, almost six years now. They're actually starting to ask legitimate questions. And you, he's getting all ass hurt because they're actually asking questions. Who are you? You're supposed to be the Praetorian Guard. Sit down, shut up, take the information that I want to give you, swallow it and regurgitate it in a way that makes us look very nice. Yeah, well, here's the thing that Jay Carney either doesn't understand or doesn't appreciate. I think he understands it, but I don't think he appreciates it or accepts it. I think it's rejected in this administration. Is that they are not an, an, some imperial power. They, they, are, they are an elected branch of government that gets their power from the consent of the people. And they have to answer to the people, whether they like to or not. If you don't like to answer to the people, get the hell out of office. Yes. And if you won't voluntarily leave, you need to be thrown out, perhaps. Um, but, hey, Obama's not up for another election, so I guess it really doesn't have to uh, – uh, yeah. we, we don't need you to worry know. about that, right? Yeah. But – He's getting frustrated, like he, like he said, and, and takes things personally. That's, it's their job to hold the administration accountable. Yes. And if you don't like to get the questions, then maybe you don't need to be the spokesperson for the White House. Right. You're supposed to get hammered. Yeah. You're supposed to be honest. And you know, You're supposed to get hammered. Yeah, you are, right? You're by by either side. Drunk as possible. I, I, and I even wait. understand... Wait, what? <laughs> I even understand... I would if I was in his job I, right I, I understand a certain amount of, of media bias. That goes back... You can trace media bias all the way back to nasty attacks during the formation of our country. Right. You, you can. Okay? Now, I understand in theory, modern theory or whatnot, the, the, the press is supposed to be kind of a... a um, uh, unbiased, you know, vessel of information, and that's good. I, I think you need that, but I also think you need your you need your pundits. I also think you need your your. You need to have balance. You need to have your opinion uh, shows and and pieces. And look, if one side wants to hammer you, one side wants to love you, that that's fine. But you need to be prepared for that. And yep. understand the job it is you're doing and understand your role. I would like to think that if I were a press secretary, unless they were doing it in a disrespectful manner, mm-hmm. right? If members of the media were being disrespectful for, towards Jay Carney personally and Jay Carney, Like we would be. Right. And Jay Carney told them to go screw themselves. 
I would understand that. Mm-hmm. Okay, if, if somebody was personally attacking him or being completely disrespectful to him, and he put them in their place and kind of was snotty back, I get that. But if they just simply ask a question in a respectful manner that he doesn't like, that is what I think is that is out of bounds and uncalled for. We're up against a break, my friend. Let's go two over. No, make up. So, um, <laughs> well, you know, and it's funny too because you talked about you know Obama's going to be out um, in three years or four years or whatever. Um, and, and I had this argument with somebody—not argument, but I had this disagreement with somebody. They said, "Well, when he's out, because he knows my personal feelings on the president, um, on his leadership." You know, then this, you know, your whole argument's going to kind of come to an end and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, yeah, like the Bush thing has. But I said, you know, if you get Hillary or a like person in right behind him, all it's becoming is dictatorship, if you will, or, or, or but of party versus person. And that's something that I worry about is, you know, I don't care what, how they're portraying her now, and they're going to start portraying her as different and all that stuff from this president as much as they can because she's going to have an election to run, and we all know that. Um, but at the end of the day, I think she's very much along the line of the progressive Democratic Party and will continue to run that gauntlet. Just like there are certain members of the GOP, if they were elected, we would have a field day with. We would have a field day with because they're not true conservatives. Chris Christie got in the office. We would rip him apart more often than not. That is my fear is that we are no longer electing a person. We are electing the party who keeps going on these party yeah, values. We, 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 and then the leadership is not an elected person. But it's, we've talked about that, and that's where we are now. And that's why you have this, this, some of this disgruntled and some of this fighting with the budget deal, which I want to get to um, next segment. But you're right. Look, it, it's the office that shouldn't have too much power, and, and it's occupied by a specific person. But we've talked about why the, the dangers of oh. the two-party system right. and why – you know, transplant the person, it, it, it almost doesn't matter in some cases. Like, you know, John McCain and, and Biden. Do you really think you'd be able to tell the difference if either one of them were president? Well, or John McCain and Bill Clinton? But, Besides giving us Biden great would be comedy. A hell of a lot funnier. <laughs> Biden would have so many sound clips a week, I wouldn't have time to hit the play button. But no, there will always be something to talk about politically because the Republicans do things that we disagree with. Absolutely. Even if a conservative got elected as president, unless you had a conservative House and a conservative Senate, and we were just like, fight would keep going. Well, that was great. Yeah, we're not going to close up shop. Right. Be like, well, everything's fine. See you in four years. Yeah. No, I agree with you. But I just worry about... I worry about people just electing the party. and we t- I know we talked about that ad nauseum, but that's something that frustrates me. Yeah. Look, we're always going to have somebody to throw into the bus. That's just us. Some, somebody brought up a good point in the chat room. I think it was Flycatch who asked, uh, have you noticed that the race card has kind of started to dissipate a lot amongst pundits and other folks in the media? Like Al Sharpton, who completely well, represented. And I, that was my point. I said, yes, they've, they've stopped using that a lot, because, except for... What's her name? The idiot who's talking about your kids belong to us now. Uh, M- Melissa Harris Perry, or she brought that up this week, was uh, on a ridiculous rant that was just so stupid it hurt my head. But I said, you know what's hurting that is this knockout game, because there are members uh, of Al Sharpton and other uh, uh, black leaders who said, yeah, this is starting to look like it might be race motivated, 
um, even though a lot of other people have said it for a long time. And I said that's I think that's the reason why they uh, a lot of the pundits have stepped away from that race card because now they can't use it. It's being sullied, which is weird to think that the race card a sullied act is being sullied. But it was sullied a long time ago. <laughs> Disgusting. All right, now let's take a break. I recently put I was asked for my race on something. I hope you put 50 meter dash. <laughs> I put 100 yard dash. <laughs> I love it. 347-205-9399. We will be back in three minutes with the Sackheads Radio Show. <laughs> dude, that alpaca killed me. I couldn't even... It's alpacas, dude. What's wrong with that? Hey, if you care about what's going on in the world, you cannot afford to miss my show. Hi, this is Andrea Kay, your host of the Andrea Kay Show. It's not always about the money. Okay, it is always about the money. But it's also about politics, pop culture, and you. The only thing street about this show is the smarts. There's a reason they call me Dynamite in a Dress. And you'll find out why when you listen Tuesday mornings at 10 on Financial News and Talk. Hello, I'm Paul, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is my professor, Dr. Larry Arn, on the separation of church and state. America's founders believed in the separation of church and state, in that the country was not to have an official religion or an official sect. But that did not mean that government was to be hostile to religion, or even indifferent to religion, as many today argue. In fact, America's founding document, the Declaration of Independence, includes both a reference to God as the author of the laws of nature and a confident assertion that human beings are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Far from being hostile or indifferent to religion, America's founders understood the theology of the Declaration to be an essential part of the education of citizens. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.org. How you doing? John Grant here. When I'm not slaving over a hot microphone on the 405radio.com Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, I check out Sean and Clint here at Sackheads Radio. We all appreciate the best political bloggers, writers, and commentators. We either get them on our shows or we make fun of them, as it should be. So check us out live Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern or forever on the podcasts on the 405radio.com. Three, two, one. Hey, this is Sackhead Clint. I want to take this opportunity to thank all the wingnut leaders throughout the world to give our men and women of the armed forces a job, as well as all the anarchists, terrorists, and Occupy folks that give our men and women in uniform on the home front, firefighters, law enforcement personnel, and first responders, uh, job security here in the States as well. So thank all you wingnuts out there. This is Sackhead Clint saying have a good day. Now back to Clinton Sean on Sackheads Radio, radiating elegancy and quality. Hey, we're back for part two here of the Sackheads Radio You're Show. You're back to part two on the Sackheads Radio you, Show. Yeah, I'm right. I am. 347-205-9399 is the phone number here at the Sackheads Radio Show. So, hang on. What? 
I want to give a shout out to somebody. Really? Oh, yeah. as the president can say shout out, so can I, right? <laughs> well, yes. Hey, I want to. Uh, I want to. Uh, I had an opportunity. Um, again, I, look, I know I've talked about it a few times, but uh, POF rifles. Oh, I love POF rifles. Um, Patriot Ordnance Factory. Had an opportunity again to uh, to work with uh, a couple of their a couple of their rifles, and uh, just phenomenal pieces of equipment. Um, so I wanted to, uh, to thank uh, thank POF and uh, official say, rifle this weekend. Official rifle second radio. Um, I love saying that. It is. It's great. They make they make a quality product. Um, thanks over to, to Frank over at uh, POF Rifles. They make a hell of a product. Keep up the good work. Check them out. POF-USA.com. And they have a Facebook page, too, which I am not a good enough host to have that written down in front of me. Real good. Um, they, they do have a great uh, Patriot series right now, posters. We actually have some up um, in the studio. Autograph by the artist, not a big deal. Um, but uh, a, a couple of great, great posters that, uh, that you can put up um, of, of a Patriot uh, holding uh, one of the, the POF rifles in the traditional tricorn hat and uh, some, some cool stuff. Yeah, it's really worth so it. Check it out. But even, even if you're not ready to buy, you should go to their website and check it out. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So yesterday... And if you're a communist and don't like guns, check it out anyways because uh, that's what you're up against. Anyways. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. Oh, you got jokes. <laughs> so uh, we have a budget agreement. Deal. Deal. Deal, excuse me. It's a deal. Tentative. Tentative. Deal. But both sides appear to actually be... Well... All right. How do I, how do I put that another way? There are members on both sides that like yeah. it. Yeah. And you know what? Okay, here's... Riddle me this. I was going to say Batman, but I don't want to like get sued for copyright infringement. Warner Brothers, DC. <laughs> Riddle me this. Yeah. Paul Ryan was um, from, from Wisconsin, vice presidential nominee, Mitt Romney. He was the budget hawk. Yes. He, he was the, the one that was very conservative on budgetary issues, and now he is kind of pushing this bipartisan deal, which really eliminates the uh, some, a lot of the cuts from the sequesters that kick in. Um, it's the uh, um, it increases uh, defense discretionary spending um, by gosh. The current law for uh, 2014 had defense discretionary spending at like 498 billion, 82 million, uh, and then for 2015, 512 billion, 46 million. The new proposed law increases defense discretionary spending to 520 billion, 464 million in 2014. And then increases it again in 2015 to 521 billion, 372 million. And non-defense discretionary spending under current laws 469, 391, 469 billion, 391 million. The proposed uh, bipartisan budget act increases that to 491 billion, 773 million in 2014. 
And under current law 2015, it's $483,130,000,000. Under the proposed cap, uh, it would be in 2015, $492,456,000,000. That's significant increase, in my opinion. You're talking billions of dollars in increase. And that's just a drop in the bucket when you're talking about the United States. We don't have the freaking money. Wasn't it? Our money is an idea. That's it. If everybody lost faith in our money and said, you know what, that's nothing but a freaking piece of paper, it wouldn't be worth crap. Okay? We, hands it, can be it, our next currency. Yeah, it's not backed by gold. It's not backed by silver. It's an idea. That's all our money is. It's an idea. And people have already started to lose faith in it. You look at what um, the oil industry has done with taking, going away from the U.S. dollar and what, what China's looking at. I mean, are you kidding me right now? Oh, yeah, it's just a drop. It, real, it, it decreases over 10 years. It saves $28 billion over 10 years by requiring the president to sequester the same percentage of mandatory budget resources in uh, 2022 and 2023. $23 billion. What? That would be literally like me cutting a couple hundred bucks a year out of my budget. Just that. It's completely ridiculous. Let's look at where they did cut, too, because I thought this was kind of funny. Um, Medicare, you remember that thing that they're pushing everyone to sign up for right now? We talked about it last week. Um, they're going with a flat file application. Essentially, you're putting in the absolute minimal information to apply for Medicaid, yeah. Medicare. And one Which of the, is going to hurt the health care. Well, yeah, because they're not really paying for it. And right. you, be, you have to do a minimal proof on your income, and that will be checked and verified later by some imaginary person. So they're pushing everyone to that, and the new proposal would extend cuts on Medicaid through 2023, saving $28 billion over the next 10 years. Um, but how are you going to cut that when everybody's going to that? Exactly. Well, because they want that to implode because that would bring us closer to the single-payer system. So you're essentially cutting something, but now – you have, and like I said last week, the president essentially has told you and almost made it okay to lie on your application to Medicaid. Um, they're cutting something they know cannot be cut. They're cutting something they know they're going to have to fund individually later. They're intentionally imploding it, in my opinion. I don't know that they're imploding it. I think that they're saying, well, we can say this is a cut now, so technically Republicans, you're getting a win because you can go to your tax, your, your base and say, see, look, it, we cut this, this spending, but we're going to need to fund it more in the future so we can revisit it and just pass a special bill that'll fund or give this more money. That's what they're doing. No, I think, I think by 2023, they completely expect to be on the single-payer system by then. I think the Democrats do, but I think in this, in this case, or the progressives want that. But I think in this case, the Democrats are saying Republicans will give you a win. But with everybody signing up for this, we're probably going to have to revisit this again and, later. And we talk about it all the time. This is part it's of the problem really we have with the GOP is we keep taking these minute wins that aren't really wins and touting it. The Republican Party is like Pete Puma. <laughs> How many lumps do you want? Four. Every time. Yeah, and they take it on the head and then talk about how wonderful they are and how much they got when they get squat. And it's not just budget. It's so many other things. Look at what I said last week. Watch with immigration, amnesty. The Republicans are going to shoot down amnesty as a whole, 
and then pass through smaller batches of it one at a time to eventually give the Democrats what they want and say they did it on their terms. See, I, I think that the Democrats, the progressives do things incrementally. They have for the last hundred some odd years. But right? now to the point that they're doing right? it in large bunches because they can. Well, yes and no. But the Republicans can say, oh, well, we didn't pass an amnesty. Oh, but we need to do something to get the Hispanic vote, so we'll go ahead and let this pass. Or, oh, we'll go ahead and let well, and this the, pass. That's the thing is they're so worried about small – and I'm not saying the Hispanic vote in the country is a, such a small number you don't worry about it. But instead of just being principled and letting the people that follow them – and we talk about this all the time. I hate beating, I hate beating it into the ground, but it needs to be said. You run on your values, and eventually when the Democrats run this country so far to the ground – I know a lot of conservatives hate to hear this – they want that we need to win now mentality, and I would like to, but I, I don't want to do it by giving crap away. I want to do it through principle. I want to do it the right way. Um, speaking of Mexico, one of the other cuts was $4.5 billion, years, uh, billion dollars over 10 years by cutting research into oil and gas resources, reducing payments to states for mineral leasing activities, and approving an oil and gas agreement between the U.S. and... Mexico. Mexico. Weird. We're about to have all this oil in this country, um, and we are, folks. It, it, I, Democrats can say whatever they want. The reality is, is that we're coming into a lot, and as time goes on, we're finding there's a ton of oil, and now even California is allowing fracking within its state lines. How much of this is going to be like an, almost a NAFTA-type thing where we're just giving them oil to help them rebuild, or whatever you want to call it, whatever ridiculous title statement, however, they, we're going to end up, or we're going to sell it at market value and inflate the market because it, it, it's just ridiculous. I've said this before with oil and gas. I'll say it again. Screw OPEC. Once we get our reserves up and running and our refinery and all that stuff, don't sell in the OPEC market. Sell strictly, I don't know, like other countries do, to our allies at a, re at a decent rate. Make money off of it because that's, you know, a, 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 and I don't want it federalized, but don't put it, the restrictions on our companies that are doing this, more restrictions, to, you have to put it on OPEC. You have to put it on OPEC. Screw OPEC. They've done nothing but hold us hostage now for 25 years. So when we get into this cash windfall of oil and, and natural resources that we have in this country, we need to be intelligent about it. Use it to regain that power that we should have to be sovereign and independent. And watch how quickly a lot of people in the Middle East change their tunes when we're not buying gas. You know, this, this brings me to a good point here that I want to talk about a little bit later on in the show, um, and that's the Mount Vernon Assembly um, that took place right. about the Convention of States, um, which is weird. It's almost like somebody we know huh. has talked about this before. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to talk about but, a few but, more cuts. I want to get back to Paul Ryan, though, real quick. Yeah. So Paul Ryan now, again, who was the hawk when he was, when he was Mitt Romney's running mate, mm -hmm. is now kind of for this deal. Is he trying to put himself more to the center because he is going for chat a room, Chat room beat you to it. I think it was, I, I think it was Marianne. I'm not looking at the screen. Legitimately, I'm not looking at the chat room screen. I, I, no, I know you're not. I think it was Mary in the chat room who just brought that up, that he was trying to run sans. Yeah. Here's what Paul Ryan, the 
financial hawk a few years ago had to say about this budget agreement. This bill reduces the deficit by $23 billion, and it does not raise taxes. It cuts spending in a smarter way. From the outset, we knew that if we forced each other to compromise a core principle, we would get nowhere. That is why we decided to focus on where the common ground is. So that's what we've done. That means to me a budget agreement that reduces the deficit without raising taxes and replaces some of the arbitrary across-the-board spending cuts with smarter, permanent reforms that pay for this relief. The House budget reflects our ultimate goals. It balances the budget within 10 years. It pays off the debt. But I realize that that is not going to pass in this divided government. I see this agreement as a step in the right direction. In divided government, you don't always get what you want. That said, we still can make progress toward our goals. Now, okay, so he's looking for common ground. Yes, I'd like to do this, but since we can't do this, we're going to go ahead and pass this because we don't want another shutdown when Obama's taking it on the chin right now um, for Obamacare, and we, want to, we don't want the government to shut down again and, and take, the, uh, take the attack off that going into midterm. Hey, I get it. I get it. Then you have Boner who goes out and calls the, the conservative groups, the conservative portion of the Republican Party, ridiculous. Yes. And basically wants them silenced, I think. Here's the thing, Boner. Um, I want my representatives to have good dialogue and discourse and to disagree. I don't want them lockstep in with a party line, either party line, right, Democrat or or Republican. I I want them to have their own mind and and to listen to their their people, their constituents, the people that sent them there, the people that that they represent. That's their job. So why are you going to call them ridiculous? Or the conservative, whether it's conservative groups, whether it's the conservative voters, Hey, Boner, go ahead. Call us ridiculous. See how many of us vote for you. Um, and that was my very next point was, you know what? If people aren't happy with the way their constituent, uh, their leaders are, guess what they're going to do? Yeah, they're going to vote their asses out. Why is he going to call them ridiculous? Why can't he say, hey, listen, there's those in our party that don't believe this is a good deal, and that's fine. They are sent there by their constituents to, to represent them. Mm-hmm. However, we feel this is a good deal. Most of us on this side, or whatever the percentage is, I don't know what the breakdown is right now, um, feel this is a good deal. Democrats feel this is a good deal. That's why we have a vote, right? You would think so, right? If it, if it passes, great. If not, then, hey, back to the drawing board. At the end of the day, what if day he's a boner. What if I have, well, we've said that time and again. Listen. Boner is completely out of his mind, and I think, honestly, out of his league at this point. Mm-hmm. He, he's just completely useless. But I want to know, and I, know, I just want to know what's wrong with having principle. He, you know, it, it's not. But he was so upset. It was like I saw like a vein on his forehead. He was like a veiny boner just standing up there. <laughs> Oh, it's weird that he parts his hair in the middle. Listen. <laughs> uh, some other cuts here. Cut $6.2 billion in spending to raise $6 billion in new revenue by raising pension contribution rates for federal employees and reduced cost of living adjustment for military retirees 
under 62. So they're going to take away the cost of living adjustment for military retirees. I understand. Well, yeah, why wouldn't you Raising pension contributions. Yes. I'm okay with that. I yes. understand that. I have to pay more year, year in year, especially with the worse our dollar gets, in my private retirement. I have to put more in to hopefully have more if it actually stands when I get out. You're talking about taxes, right, for your Social Security? Well, that... As oh, well, exactly, yeah. I, I just put my personal 401k, but it seems like the more money I put in, the worse the dollar gets and the less I really have. So it's almost like I'm just throwing it away again. But to reduce the cost of living adjustment for military retirees under 62 veterans, yep. how is that a win? And they retired, so they spent 20 years in the military, right? Minimum. Minimum. Right. How is that a win? I think that's absolutely... Ridiculous. Okay. Now, I am going to play devil's advocate here a little bit. I know you will. So, 18-year-old kid goes into the military, mm-hmm. spends 20 years, mm-hmm. retires, mm-hmm. gets out. Yes. 38 years old. Yep. Retired. Yep. Getting a cost-of-living adjustment. Mm-hmm. He's 38 years old. Mm-hmm. Get another freaking job. Right? But he's earned, that's he's, not, he's, hang on. He's earned his military retirement. Right. Right. And so now, at 38 years old... Mm-hmm. You should be able to, to go. Nobody's do, saying do, that they're not going to get a job. Do something else, right. But so I can understand not having a cost of living adjustment in those cases, right? No. Now, now you're retired, 62 years old or whatever. You've retired from another line of work. Mm-hmm. Or now you're really retirement, so you have your military retirement, plus you have whatever other pension 401 you've been paying into from your second life. And now you start getting your cost of living adjustments, right? Mm-hmm. And again, devil's advocate, I'm not saying I support it, but I'm saying devil's advocate, I can see that argument. I don't know that I agree with the age of 52, or excuse me, 62. I, I would be okay with maybe lowering that to the age of 50 if you earned it. But I can understand not giving them a cost of, not giving a 38-year-old a cost of living adjustment for retirement. I understand that. Because at that age, you've put 20 years into the military, you've done a great service. Listen, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from it. I'm saying I understand that argument. Make sense? Your argument makes sense, but I don't agree. I'm not saying I agree. No, no, no. I'm saying I, I, I understand no, the argument. I don't agree. Okay. I don't think when it comes time to make cuts and there's so much other BS. I completely agree with budget, you. I completely agree with you. That we need to go after any veteran at all for anything. I completely now, agree with you. If we start getting it all the way down and we've cut all the fat out of every other federal agency and for some reason we still need to cut fat, which we wouldn't at that point. Right. But if we needed to, just to keep our heads above water, then I would, I, I would go along with a plan like yours. But I, I, I just think that this is just complete money grubbing. I, 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 there's a million other places they could make up that money. I completely agree with you. And again, I wasn't. I was playing devil's advocate. I understand I was you. Not I, I know that, you're not. I was not putting that out there at all. I don't believe that that should be cut when there's so much out there as well. But I'm saying I understand that argument from that perspective. Okay, I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, Rooster just wants you to know that because uh, I don't agree, Clint, you should remind me that you are never wrong. Hey, Rooster, I'm never wrong. <laughs> Let's see, you save $13.4 billion by raising security fees for air passengers and, and requirements 
that maritime administration pay cost of Department of Ag for transport food aid on certain ships. Why are those two together, first of all? Because. Next um, question. <laughs> so, by the way, the, so the federal government, which, by the way, you know, I, I want to remind people that flying is a privilege and not yeah. a right. Correct. They want to raise their security fees for air passengers. Yes. This is one of those things where I have a hard time on both sides. Okay. Well, here's the thing. We've already talked about the Viper teams. Right. Right? Yes. It, they're Homeland Security, TSA, they're everywhere. They All forms it. of transportation. Your Nikes could get a transportation tax. Right. right. Not that I endorse Nike or any other particular type of footwear. Um, or K-Swiss. Or K-Swiss. British Knights. British Knights. <laughs> Zips. Zips. Oh, you just went so retro it hurts. <laughs> Zips, he said. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. That was awesome. Go on. Look, I have, I have a. Well, wait a second. Paul Ryan just said that it doesn't increase. Tax. Well, it's not a tax; it's a fee. Right. Oh, I just get like it. what you get if uh, Obamacare. No, no, no. That's a tax because the Supreme Court said it was a tax. Yeah, but it wasn't started by the House. Yeah, but listen, that doesn't matter because the bill at some point. Listen, you're you're starting to get confused right now. Clearly, my bad. Clearly, you don't Break understand. Break me out, Clint. Yeah, clearly you don't understand. Um, so, what are they going to spend this money on? Um, the Homeland Security money that's being raised by security fees for air passengers. Yeah. To expand Homeland Security, why? Oh, that's good. For we have second. to find a way to increase their budget because they already don't have a big enough budget. Oh, for a second there, I thought they were actually going to be increased because they're doing other things like, like I don't know, Viper teams on trains. They have a lot. They have a lot of fleets in there right now. A lot of they need a lot of money. And, um, <laughs> oh, and like a lot of uh, ammunition. Yeah, forget it. I'm probably just comparing. You're out of your mind right now. Why almost like, a, almost like a national police force. Right. But they wouldn't do that. We're not supposed to have that, are we? <laughs> no, we already have the FBI. Um, say, and then the other part that's weird to me, and the requirement that the Maritime Administration pay the cost of Department of Agricultural for transport for aids on certain ships. Now, this is one of those things. Like the disease? No, I think like I think we're putting governmental like uh, uh, political aides like like a political officer, right? I think like the Russians used to do, right? I think we're putting them on ships now. Um, I don't know why the Department of Ag would pay that. It's bizarre. No, first of all, this is one of those weird things that I hate when you have one agency that's paying another one to do a service that should be done probably by a private sector. Whatever. You can do merchant marines. We can go on and on. But that just shows you it's another form. Because you know the Department of Ag uh, or the Maritime Administration overbloats their cost to get more money out of the of other one. Of course not. Does anyone else just see the ridiculousness that stews into the I, I see the ridiculousness of the word ridiculousness. Exactly. It's 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 shenanigans, and I don't like it. It's tomfoolery at its finest. 
Lastly, save $19.3 billion by allowing the Custom Border Patrol Protection to collect certain fees and raise rates charged by the pension benefit Grinty Company. I love mispronouncing that word, among other things. Um, just nod and smile. Yeah. You're just, listen, you don't understand clearly what's going on. Save $19.3 billion by allowing the Customs and Border Patrol Protection to collect to continue collecting certain fees and raise rates charged by the pension. Okay. Yeah, how else are we going to pay for all those Border Patrol agents to put along the pets that we're putting up? Exactly. That was my next question. Right? How else are we supposed to keep our borders secure? Hey, you want to... We're going to borrow some drones from Amazon. Here's something that might be a great idea. Cut some BS out of the Washington budget office. Uh, like get rid of the Department of Education. Yeah, let's get rid of the Department of Ed and then funnel that. Let's get rid of the EPA. The Border Patrol, build a fence, hire more Border Patrol agents, which I am for. I am for that also. And more of them will be paying into their... Line our border with tanks. You're welcome. Right, how many World War II tanks do we have that we could just line the border with? Our old World War II tanks all rusted out are better than what the Mexican military have, I'm sure. Well, no, not anymore because we keep giving them stuff. Oh, that's good. Folks, that was, what did we say that total cut was now that I threw my money away? Uh, let's see. And so it is a billion dollars. $62 billion um, out of, yeah, who knows? Listen. We're up against a break, my friend. 3.83 trillion. When we get yeah, back, yeah, yeah, I want to yeah, talk yeah. about the they really, They really nailed it. Yeah, Good, Good job, guys. Jerks. Hey, uh, when we get back, I want to talk about the Mount Vernon Assembly. We will discuss the Mount Vernon Assembly when we are back in three here on the Sackheads Radio. 347-205-9399. Talk to you in a minute. Anyways. That's an alpaca, not a llama. Well, I just want to know how many you can get into one room like that. That's just weird to me. I, I told you what happened when the, uh, the door was open. Hey, if you care about what's going on in the world, you cannot afford to miss my show. Hi, this is Andrea Kay, your host of the Andrea Kay Show. It's not always about the money. Okay, it is always about the money. But it's also about politics, pop culture, and you. The only thing street about this show is the smarts. There's a reason they call me Dynamite in the Dress. And you'll find out why when you listen Tuesday mornings at 10 on Financial News and Talk. Hello, I'm Paul, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is my professor, Dr. Larry Arn, on the separation of church and state. America's founders believed in the separation of church and state, in that the country was not to have an official religion or an official sect. But that did not mean that government was to be hostile to religion or even indifferent to religion, as many today argue. In fact, America's founding document, the Declaration of Independence, includes both a reference to God as the author of the laws of nature and a confident assertion that human beings are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Far from being hostile or indifferent to religion, America's founders understood the theology of the Declaration to be an essential part of the education of citizens. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.org. How you doing? John Grant here. 
when I'm not slaving over a hot microphone on the 405radio.com Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, I check out Sean and Clint here at Sackheads Radio. We all appreciate the best political bloggers, writers, and commentators. We either get them on our shows or we make fun of them, as it should be. So check us out live Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern or forever on the podcasts on the 405radio.com. Three, two, one. Hey, this is Second Clint. I want to take this opportunity to thank all the wingnut leaders throughout the world to give our men and women of the armed forces a job, as well as all the anarchists, terrorists, and Occupy folks that give our men and women in uniform on the home front, firefighters, law enforcement personnel, and first responders, uh, job security here in the States as well. So thank all you wingnuts out there. This is Sackhead Clint saying have a good day. So then he was like, no. Castrating a dog. Get it done right, the right way, the dog So, I, I'm just saying that's one way to train your dog. <laughs> you know what? I've actually used that technique, and uh, it works, but only on small breed dogs. Well, it just depends. Which are really just cats. So I decided to try it on a cat. I think it just depends if it's crunchy or creamy. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, so we talked about this. When was the first time we brought this up? I want to say we talked about convention of states a couple years ago, Um, and we have it documented somewhere. But we've talked about this for a long time, that this is the most direct way to gain control for the people again, away from an out-of-control executive branch and power um, in office. Now, you look like you were going to say something really awesome. <laughs> so I'm waiting. Well, I'm just, I find it amazing that it's once again, we had an idea. I'm not saying we're the only ones, but it happened two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> On December 8th, um, there were 90 some odd, almost 100 uh, state legislatures that met at Mount Vernon, which is George Washington's uh, home, right. from uh, over 30 different states. Right. And the purpose of that meeting was to uh, begin drafting the rules, um, the procedural rules, for a convention of states, which would be to um, ratify or amend the Constitution, absent Congress. Yes. I don't believe it's ever been done before. Um, at, at the state level. Uh, right. Okay. No, the Constitution has been amended before. Right. There's amendments at the end to prove that. That's why I always just... But not at, the, not, not at the state level. If you were doing shots at the break. So, actually, that was... Before the show. Before the show. Yeah, before the show. <laughs> we did a couple of hours. Bourbon. I, I, for those who are wondering. Oh, it was gorgeous. <laughs> Full body. My belly's all warm. But there have actually been um, some states that, like three states that have actually pre-filed petitions for this. Uh, Florida was the third state. Oh, Florida. Well, yeah, that's why I said they were the third state. (laughs) Uh, The state Senator Alan Hayes 
uh, petitioned Congress to call uh, an Article 5 Convention of States um, filing uh, the, the legislation. So um, Florida and South Carolina, South Carolina also um, officially pre-filed uh, their application uh, in the state legislatures for convention. So this is interesting. This is interesting. And, and it's not only it's not only um, conservatives. There's actually, I believe, a couple of Dems that have jumped in. Well, they could be conservative. I, I understand. Uh, but a lot of people think that this is strictly a conservative, Republican, almost Tea Party-led event, and it's not. They're there. They're representing their beliefs, but it's not. There are a lot of people on the state level outside of the executive and Congress in general who deal with both of those two branches of government. Listen, we had a hearing, what was it, just last week about the worries of the executive branch becoming too powerful, circumventing Congress, sidestepping the Constitution, etc. And a lot of people feel that way. This isn't just us. This isn't just Tea Parties. This isn't just true conservatives, libertarians. There are people on many sides that feel this is an ongoing issue. You know, look, there's, there's obviously some pushback to this. Congress is not going to take away or diminish its own power. The federal government is not going to diminish its own power. And the federal government is so big and so bloated and so powerful right now and really has trampled on so many individual liberties and is in so many aspects of our lives that really how can anybody with a straight face say that, no, we truly are living in a constitutional republic um, where the power is given by the people to the government. I, I don't believe that's the case anymore. I mean, the Constitution is there, but you have um, so many – and Mark Levin made this point um, on his show for earlier today um, as well, and it was – I've had a, I had a similar point of view, um, but he said it on his show today. He, I don't want to. I don't want to pretend that I'm the first person on radio saying this because I'm not. But he, we don't have an operating constitutional republic right now. We've said this before, also. Um, so the idea that this government would take power away from itself and give it back to the people wouldn't happen. Um, but where in the history of the world has that happened? It, it, it has not, and. Hey, a great a great play is the play Cato, mm-hmm. right? Used to be huge here in this country. Was huge in the colonies at the time. Played in, uh, in inside the country all the way up to the Civil War, I believe, and then it started to go away. And who 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 has even read Cato nowadays? Um, you can download it for free uh, on on uh, in iBooks. It's free. But the, the seven I believe the year seventeen seventeen version of the play. Great reading. Um, but I digress. So the Constitution of the States is really the only way to accomplish this, and we've said this before. You have to have the states that take money, and that would be if I were leading the Tea Party, which I'm not, um, but if I were leading the Tea Party, I would say, hey, listen, let's forget about the federal elections for right now. Let's focus on state elections because this is really where we can make a difference. And you're already seeing some states now, obviously, start pre-filing the petition for this, this convention, but the states can ratify, can, can uh, amend the Constitution and pass those amendments absent Congress. 
and the states can pull power, uh, power back for themselves and for the people and strip Congress of their power. And I think Congress is scared to death of this. Well, they have an approval rating of negative two, I think. But they're scared to death That's of That's because it bumped this week. Right. Because <laughs> if, if the states pull power away from them, um, it means they've lost control, right? Yeah. Their biggest fear in the world is to lose control. You're definitely going to have, right, you're definitely going to have a lot of naysayers at, at the federal level. Of course you are. Um, but at, at the state level, and if, if conservative groups can really focus there, and we said this is what we talked about uh, a few weeks ago specifically, they can focus there and get the states and the convention that need the votes to be able to ratify these, these changes, to make these changes in the Constitution that are needed. We're dealing with the 17th Amendment. We talk agenda, about agenda all 17, the time. Sean. Yeah. We talk about this all the time. We're appealing that, that amendment and really pull power back into the states and, and give the states a voice again at the federal level. Um, but reenact prohibition. Wait, no, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> not everything's perfect. <laughs> I would lose it if that happened. I'd be the best bootlegger. No. <laughs> but the the... Some people are, are saying, listen, well, you can't have a convention like that because the states will never agree, and, you know, it'll just be a runaway convention where everybody will fight and bicker. Listen, the original constitutional convention was the entire fight and bicker. Well, it was, but it, it, was not, it was not a runaway convention um, that some would like to paint it to be. It was actually very, very ordered. Yeah, there was heated debate, certainly. And, and uh, on, on all sides, and there were serious compromises that had to be struck. The three-fifths clause, right, it, serious compromise that, that had to be struck in order to get, uh, get the Constitution adopted. And, and that wasn't saying that, that the slaves were only worth three-fifths of a person. That was saying for purposes of census, right, right in order to keep the number of pro-slavery delegates down or representatives down, but also give the southern states something for for the slaves. That's how that compromise was meant. It wasn't saying that they're only worth three fifths of a person. It was actually meant to to address the slavery issue, which many were opposed to even at that time. Our founders were not were not uh, ignorant into the whole their whole argument of liberty and yet being slaveholders. So my point is. It was a constitutional convention at the time, really, that that was absolutely fraught with with fighting and differences of opinion, and it it got worked out through compromise and whatnot. And I'm sure another uh, convention, especially one called by the states, would be you would have the same level of, of fighting because there are so many. Right, everybody has their pet project, but. Discourse in politics is a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. It increases arguments. It gets ideas out there. You know, it, it, now, you're, you're going to have you're going to have the dark blue states. Yeah. That are just going to be like, nope, we want you know, basically take Russia's constitution. That's what we want. Right. Okay, California and New York. Okay, California, New York, and Massachusetts. Right. But uh, but Massachusetts is kind of weird. Yeah, Massachusetts is very weird. Because they're conservative on some things. There are some things they're extremely conservative. They're very, they're actually very fiscally conservative. Um, they do like their guns. Massachusetts does have some ridiculous firearms 
laws, but a lot of them are pending on whether or not you get a concealed carry permit. And the concealed carry permits are, are pretty easy, um, ex- with the exception of the city of Boston itself, yeah. to obtain. You get, why do you want, because I want one. Okay, okay right. here you go. You can actually get approved to have a large capacity um, magazine, which in a lot of states that have New York, California, you can, doesn't matter who you are, for the most part, you can't have over 10. Massachusetts, you can actually get that approval. Right, which is carry. weird because if the federal government ever deployed troops into California to defend against an invasion from Mexico or something. They'd all have 15. So 10. Exactly. They'd, they'd have to strip their, they'd have to leave their 30-rounders at the border of Nevada, reissue them all 10-round bags, say don't top them off. God help us if the Canadians attack through New York. Right. Seven rounds, right? Don't top them off. Yeah, the military has special, special magazines for depending on what state they go into. I, I, I agree. Mary in the chat room brought up. Really quick, she said, I don't think we should need permits for our seconds or for our guns. The Constitution says we don't either. I agree with you. However, they are out there. I was just talking about the fact that Massachusetts does a lot of things to make themselves look like progressive states, like, oh, we're saving lives with this and that and that. But there's a lot of walkarounds to conservative means. Believe me, business, if you're a business and you're the liked business in California, uh, Massachusetts, you get away with a lot. You you sidestep a lot of uh, rules and regs. But Clinton's so. businesses in Boston, so they get away with murder there. <laughs> oh, whoa, I see what. I don't <laughs> Because of their shady business dealings. Right, exactly. They're just the really bad. They're just. I, I think they're on Whitewater Way. Um, you know, I even if, and I think it was what, representatives from 38 states that were at Mount Vernon? About 30. About 30, okay. Yeah. But you still, for the early goings, that's a lot. And, and I understand it's, it is what it is, but um, I think you're going to see people really starting to support this. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of governors starting to support this. Um, the conservative ones, yeah. yeah. I think even some true Democrats, uh, maybe some Southern Democrats that aren't the progressive people, you know, somebody asked about the, in the chat room about the cost of the co- convention. All the money, it, it, yeah, it's going to be costly, but all the money that we throw things at now, spending money to take power back that is being abused and bloated and just absolutely ridiculous would be worth it long term, in my personal opinion. Um, and I happen to be right about that. Now, Nobody left? Nobody. Nobody laughed on no. that one, really? No. Crickets. Yeah. And sorry. I don't even have the sound clip ready. No. Uh, sorry. <laughs> this, this is a big deal in American history. Do you, do you not agree? I, a huge deal. This is, this is a big deal. I mean, you have, you have what, a, almost 100 legislators go to a meeting to begin the process. of the government. Yeah. To, to, to begin the process of of um, restoring, weird how only a few news agencies covered this. Yeah, it, it's very strange because I think we did. If, well, yeah, we covered we this. Nailed it. <laughs> of course we did. Um, and, but I would think even if I was mainstream media, I'd want this covered because if I'm pushing the Obama agenda, if I'm pushing big government, yeah, we need to stop are, this. Right. We need to get out ahead of this. We need to start making them cuckoo birds. I, I, but see, here's what I think they don't – I think that they don't want – listen, 
if you pull this story out, if you really want to understand what the story is about, you have to understand what the Constitution says and how it works, right? You have to read the Convention of States. I don't even know how that's possible. I'm going to, where do, Article 5, what, I need to read this. So if you make a story out of it, mm-hmm. people I think, will educate themselves. Yeah, I really that do. Is, I think you would have. Fear. I think you would have some people because they would have to explain it. Because, and I'm not saying people are stupid, but what I'm saying is there are a, a lot of people in our country, unfortunately, that are not as up to par on their constitutional knowledge as perhaps they should be. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't. They don't have a fundamental understanding a of huge majority. constitution and and how it works. And so if you bring a story up like this, you have to explain it. Yeah. And once you have to start, first of all, you have to know what you're talking about to explain it. The media is kind of screwed right there. Chris Matthews would go, blah, 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 blah. And uh... <laughs> that was the best Chris Matthews impression. <laughs> it was awesome. It was like he was in the room with me. Right. It was weird, right? And then you have Pierce Morgan. I mean, how do you explain it? So I think you would have people start. I think it would actually pique people's interest. Yeah, because they've never heard of it before. I agree. And, and listen, you know, our listeners, a majority of our listeners, are, are educated. Are off. It, right. They are off. Except they're for also the NSA educated. and the FBI, who are I said a majority retarded. of our listeners. Okay. But they are educated. So if you listen to us and you're one of our regular, and I probably offended somebody because I called them retarded. No. So this is a non-politically correct show. Okay. We're not politically correct. So if that offends no, you, but to be honest, go screw yourself. But to be honest, I'm not apologizing. A lot of our listeners already know what we're talking about. So they're like, of course everybody knows this. I had that theory a couple years ago before we started doing this and really talking. I had the theory that a lot of people knew about the Constitution before you and I would talk all the time, before the, for years before this. I told right. you, dude, people don't know this stuff. Right. And, and you said, yes, they do. How could they not know this? Why would you not want to know this? You I believe your to... term was, how are people that retarded? I don't believe you. You thought I was full of it. <laughs> people are not that wicked retarded, Clint, is what you said. I probably did. And at that point, I had my book, so I was like, wicked. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I, really. I have to now, do four different – I have no idea what you just said. Right. I'm glad I got you that uh, Boston the English uh, no, electronic. No, that, that was perfect. But people need to have that realization that people in this country are not educated on the Constitution as they should. Listen, they don't teach it in school That's anymore. That's by design. I know. They don't teach it in school anymore. But they're required to on Constitution Day. How could they not teach it? That's weird. <laughs> Every day is Constitution Day. I love how we turn it into stuff like that. Oh, Constitution Day, the one a year we're going to talk about the four or five amendments that we agree with and then get rid of everything else. Right. What about the Second Amendment? Oh, we're not allowed to talk about guns in school. What about uh, the First Amendment. Well, you know, it's yeah, but it has nothing to do with religion. Just, the First Amendment just means you can see whatever you want in public. No, that's not at all what it says. Really, Mrs. Snobgrass, go frick yourself. You can't say that. You just told me I could. Right, exactly. So that needs to come to light more. People do need, and you're right. Maybe that's part of the reason that mainstream media isn't really touching this is they don't want people to look into it and go, wait, what do you mean we have more power than the government? What do you mean the people in this country? actually hold the power and the government works for us. Wait, what do you what do you mean the president is only responsible for these few things? And I even I, I laugh because even people that are duped out of welfare, I'm like, you realize that 
just because the government pays you doesn't mean you work for them. It's actually quite the other way around. Right. You are, are, are I understand, getting the free ride, but they still, even though they give you free crap all the time, they still work for you. It's kind of weird. You know what's great is I, I hold, I have this bucket constitution with me all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all, we have them for, for the show and so forth. Look how thin this is. This tiny little document right here, I can flip through in uh, like less than a second, governs our entire country. Yes. For hundreds of years. Yes. This has run our entire, this has ran, run the most powerful country in the world of the freest people on earth, of the most generous people the world has ever known. And the health care bill is how many pages? 1,500 uh, and something now. Right. And everything now we pass. The budget bill is... is people need to pay attention to that, too. Everything we, we pass now is so bloated and oversized. This built the strongest country the world has ever seen. Yes. With the, the most successful... Three nation the ever. world has ever seen, and and it's it's this thin. You can read through it in twenty five minutes, in front of, and that's understanding it. Fifteen hundred pages. Yes, on a health care bill. On a health care bill. Well, you don't understand. There's so many aspects of it. Blah blah blah. Maybe that should tell you something is wrong. How does the average person not look at that and say, "Yeah, that's that's well, kind of screwed you, up"? Which part of the Constitution that was? Oh, well, we get. That's the entire Constitution. You know what? With the amendments. You know what we need to And with notes. With hang on, this is also with notes, um, and all of the signers of the Constitution listed, um, and the resolution from George Washington, who presided over. uh, Yeah, that's that's what all that includes. Oh, and an index, a topical index, and a remembering significant dates. So. Yeah, it's insane. it's insane. The average person, I would think, should hear that and be freaking scared out of their mind. You know what? Look at the volumes of law books. How many times have you seen a judge's oh. chambers or a lawyer's chambers or right all those 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 like law firms on TV that are hey call us if you've well, ever yeah, had a, if you've ever had a sneeze before now right hey call us if, you, if you've ever had a sneeze call us it's somebody else's fault everything's somebody else's fault. how many law books do you see in the background oh. and all of that runs so many different things and and this this ran and established that just it, it makes me sick no i totally agree with you and you know what Sarko, do me a favor let's read the entire health care bill hold on let's start getting the price you know what let's buy some mini constitutions for a dollar each I bet you I can get it for cheaper. Let's buy. I bet you we get a case of them and start giving giving them away to people. You want to give away some people who are educated. Let's start getting the price on that. That's something that we should do after the new year. I I, I really think so. I think people need to know they're a dollar each, and we need to we need to do a better job. Yeah, but we also have all that other swag that we keep trying to give away. They're a dollar each. Weird when it gets sent back to you, right? <laughs> hey, it's a signed picture of us. Wait a minute. Listen, if why are your pants down? If that's you, not the point. If we send you, if we send you a signed picture of us, don't send it back with the dart holes, please. Just throw it away. Make us feel low. No, you know what? I like it. I like it again because we we, we play we guess the caliber. It. We play guess the caliber. We put tape on it and send it back out to save money. <laughs> I even saved the envelope. 
Uh, we're up against the break. I know we have Brewster on hold, um, and we have so much more to talk about in part four. So We do? Yeah, we do. I'm going home. No, you can't. I have you blocked in the car. 347-205-9399 is that phone number. We'll be back here on the Sackheads Radio Show. I'm in a jet tonight. I still have you blocked in. Hello, I'm Lori, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is Hillsdale President Dr. Larry Arn on how the founders viewed God as the source of our equality and legal rights. America's founders knew, obviously, that human beings are not equal in terms of strength or beauty or in terms of intelligence, industry, or talents. They understood that because of such differences, differences in talents and things like that, some people would be wealthier than others. But human beings are equal, the founders believe, in their possession of natural rights such as the rights to life, liberty, and property. Today, many Americans reject this equality of rights in order to pursue equality of condition through redistribution or spreading the wealth around to use a famous formulation. This is destructive of liberty as the founders understood it. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.org. Hey guys, it's Sean from Sackheads Radio. I know, I know I've said it before. Check out our friends at conservativeoutcry.net, but I really mean it. You want interesting and exciting political commentary and analysis? That is the place to get it. Different, always spot on, always truthful, never pulling a punch. Conservativeoutcry.net. Tell Rooster to get Bulldog back on and that Sackheads Radio sent you. And also, coming soon the Sackheads Radio Forum on conservativeoutcry.net. How you doing? John Grant here. When I'm not slaving over a hot microphone on the 405radio.com Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, I check out Sean and Clint here at Sackheads Radio. We all appreciate the best political bloggers, writers, and commentators. We either get them on our shows or we make fun of them, as it should be. So check us out live Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern or forever on the podcasts on the 405radio.com. Hi, this is Sarah Marie Brenner. You know, we often talk on the Brenner Brief about the fact that there really needs to be an organization to help people at the local level who are interested in running for things like school boards, city council, and other local offices. Well, I think I finally have the solution for you, at least for you women out there. It's called Political Network, P-O-L-I-T-I-G-A-L network.com. Their website's going to be launching mid-August, but they're already on Twitter at PolitiGalUSA. I encourage you to follow them and become a member. Their goal is to be the number one resource for conservative women. So if you love freedom, liberty, the United States of America, and politics, check out PolitiGalNetwork.com or Twitter at PolitiGalUSA. Here we are, part four of the Sackheads Radio Show. This is when we really, we really, really start to lose steam. But that's not important right now. Hey, if you literally want to meet tens of dozens of people and you have something you want to advertise, starting in January, we're going to start selling some new advertising spots. Give us a call, 916-550-8406. You'll be able to talk to Sacco. And is that up. your mom's house? Yeah, why? 
I thought I recognized that number from when I used to call you and we used to go play t-ball. Well, it's also in, like, bathroom walls everywhere. Doy. Weird. Anyhow, 916-550-8406. If you want to advertise here with the Sackheads, why wouldn't you want to advertise with the Sackheads? That's kind of the important question. I don't have an answer for that. I'm just saying, why wouldn't you? I would. I think we should advertise on our show. No, go ahead. No, I don't need to. I don't have anything no, to say. No, go ahead. No. <laughs> I'm going to go home. <laughs> oh, I'm going to live an inside joke. Our good friend, Evil Rooster from conservativeoutcry.net, joins us on the air right now. Rooster, how are you, sir? Speaking of balls, did you plug my bumper sticker? I haven't plugged your bumper sticker yet. We plug you every week. Come on. Where's my I, but now I, apparently, apparently now I have to pay for it. <laughs> hey, Rooster, we're going to give you a deal, okay? Is that okay? Okay. We'll cut you, 50% you give off. Yeah, more like 5% off. But listen, I mean, you're going to get really the friends and family deal. <laughs> How are you, buddy? I'm, I'm doing well. Hey, guess what? Kel, the Red Sox blogger? Yes. Because she loves my voice. Well, you know, apparently, apparently she loves my blog, too. Well, yeah, joy. First of all, your your voice is soft and melodic, and it's it also... Listen, listen, your voice makes me moist. <laughs> It's like the, it's That's like the, the first time a man has ever said that to me. I can honestly say that. You know what? I, I, I think that you're full of crap when you tell me that right now on the air, but you have a reputation to uphold, and I totally respect that, so I won't throw you down right now um, on the air for that. Well, thank you for that, Clint. You're welcome. Rooster, I'm sure there's a couple different things you want to chime in about, and uh, the floor is yours momentarily. Actually, um, you know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about the Common Core. I've been I've been reading okay. it lately. And, yeah. and what's yeah I have. And what struck me was what Clint referred to earlier about how small that little book is that's in his pocket. Uh huh. Yeah. According to the Common Core, it's ever evolving. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 according uh, to the Common Core. Um, you know that there's a book in there that talks about Obama was elected, but that white voters had a problem voting for him. Yeah, I, I do know that, and I also love the fact that they used the Arab Spring as a prelude to uh, teach about our uh, American Revolution. Yeah. Yep. Hey, but don't worry. It's absolutely despicable. If, if, if people don't realize that they are going now after the youth, you're blind. If you don't think that this is not an indoctrination process, you are blind and you are naive and you are, dare I say, stupid. Well, you know, you know the math, mathematics standards. And Rooster, stop me if you if you've heard this or you want to you want to talk about this at all. The math standards. I, I believe one of the, the the people who developed the math standards. Um, I want to say he was from Stanford. And he pulled back from the project because he said, no, math has specific answers. But apparently in the common core, 
there is a way that in mathematics, it's the work that's important. So you may be able, you may say 2 plus 2 equals 7, but if you show through your work how you arrived at that 7, you may not get a wrong answer. Oh, so everybody wins once again. Right? Well, where's the I, I really want to. I really want to drive over the bridge that that freaking genius builds. So I don't know where I saw it, but I saw a question that had three correct answers to it. Exactly. Well, yeah, there's three correct answers. The number seven, the Roman numeral numeral seven, and uh, I would even if even if you did five plus two as your answer. <laughs> Mary in the and, chat room just said, Mary in the chat room just said, do you feel it evolve across your ass? You know, Mary, the way I feel right now and the reason that I am now evil rooster is as far as I'm concerned, the Republicans and Democrats can kiss my ass, each on their own proper side, and I've got one right in the middle called the bipartisan divide, especially for our president. <laughs> Bipartisan divide. That That's was right. outstanding. No, I, you know what? Common Core is going to be a disaster. Um, and, and this is what happens when you have a federal agency well, who is run by appointed officials deciding what our children are learning. Well, hang on a second. Now, literature is actually taken. They, they no longer use the classics like in their literature in their, in their English. What did you call me? Homer. Oh, he meant Simpson. No, no, I, I didn't I, see I, Homer I, in the in the reading list. I read that in the no, eighth grade. It, it's it's not. Um, you you won't find most of the classics in there. And why is that? Because they're no longer classic, according to them. Well, well, not only that, but what shall what I is, define them, or or will you dump what, me? No, no, I know who them is. So, and I think most of our listeners do also. But the classics teach what? Most of the classics have some sort of moral value right, to them. And the progressives don't want a moral society because if you have a moral society, if you have a moral side of an argument, then you must have an immoral side of an argument. And if you have a moral and an immoral, you have a good and evil. And if you have a good and evil, that can have religious connotation to it. You have a right and a wrong. Right? Oh, no, I've you already been there say, tonight, guys. Don't go there. Don't go there. I've been there already in Ken's chat room. Oh, my goodness you can't, you You can't say that, um, for example, that, hey, well, um, I'm, I'm sorry, you can't say that same-sex marriage is immoral or wrong in, somebody, in somebody's opinion because now you have a right and a wrong, and we need to accept everything and everybody Right, the crime is not wrong or immoral. The person needs to be rehabilitated. It's society's fault. It's the race. It's whatever it Look, is. Where I, where I went to school, the Common Core was the sister Paulana. She was the core, and the Board of Education was about an inch thick, and it was applied to my backside many times. I've seen that movie, Rooster. No, that's just, oh, yeah. Thank you, oh. sir. May I have another? <laughs> well, listen, it's the continuing dumbing down of our youth in order to make them more susceptible to be pushed in whatever direction deems fit. Now, 
this is, again, the liberals are very short-sighted in this because what they don't realize is when that power changes, much like the Senate rules changing a couple weeks ago, if that side changes and the power changes, it could go very bad for them the other direction as well. Well, I want to read something here from the Common Core website, and this is kind of interesting. Under the mission statement, the Common Core state standards provide a consistent, clear understanding of what students are expected to learn so teachers and parents know what they need to do to help them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're telling me that you're implementing standards that my student is expected to learn so that the teachers and parents know what they need to do to help the students learn your standards, not what I think is important for them to learn as a parent or as a human being that I'm trying to raise, but I have to, I'm expected to help my student learn what you want them to learn. This, this is a whole twist. This is, this is a whole, it's, it's, well, mom and dad, it's not your job to educate your child. It's my job to educate your child. You just sit back and, you just sit back and let me take care of that, and I'll tell you what you need to help them with. It's almost the Am same I discussion we were having with. No, no, you're reading it right, and it's the same discussion we were having with uh, Tammy J, who who was uh, here in your stead last week. Uh, my my son's standards, his values, represent my own until I deem him able to make decisions on his own. And and I've had these discussions with the school. I've actually had to go to the school and, and tell a teacher they were wrong. And I'm pretty good with math. I excel in math. I used to use it daily in my job, and uh-huh. they they marked the question wrong. It was clearly right, and and then I got lectured on uh, the way I was teaching my daughter how to to do certain problems the the easy way, not the hard way that they're trying to teach at school. Well, yeah, you know what, what I mean? they what they want to do is and Clinton nailed it is and. and Amazingly, you probably had a file started about you that's probably still in existence saying, oh, he's a disgruntled parent or he's an angry parent. And he will be, uh, even if you went in there nice as pie, explained your point of view, had an intelligent conversation, proved why your daughter or son was correct, I bet you just the simple fact that you dare questioned the teaching, I bet you there's a file somewhere on you. Well, one of many, I'm sure. Let it be. You know, I, I really don't care anymore. Did, hey, Clint, did you get to the international standards that they speak to in the Common Core? I have not. I have not. Listen, I'm so, I'm so, I get so angry that when I read about the Common Core and about the math standards and the English language arts standards um, and kind of who authored this stuff, I have not had the wherewithal to expand to the international standards just because I, I have not been able to stomach it yet. Yeah, either have I. Hey guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you on that. That's that's really what I wanted to speak to tonight. And a couple uh couple of things, uh changes are coming to my blog. Um as you know I'm not able to write regularly right now. And what what I'm planning on doing is there's a lot of blogs out there that uh They've got good stuff for people to read, but they they 
haven't mastered the art of the shameless plug like I have. Right, right. And so, if anyone can uh, shamelessly plug, it's you. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and speaking of shamelessly plugging, you know, you guys turned me on the PK net. Uh-huh. Yeah. They've taken over my Twitter stream. Nobody plugs well, but me. If you... <laughs> I, I have a correction to make. Five yes, yes, sir. Not yet adopt- Five states have not yet adopted Common Core. I believe I said 49. 45 have adopted. And I bet you only one of them is on the East Coast. Uh, you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Is it Virginia? Oh, it is Virginia. West yeah, Virginia well, adopted it, but Virginia hasn't. Imagine that. But what's funny and is that, on the map. That's supposed to be on my the map. I'm going to take my Red Rider to go to West Virginia, but now I guess you can't go there either. <laughs> nope. <laughs> wow. There was a Christmas right, joke. You saw the movie. All right, you guys have a great night. Uh, you too. You too. Yep. And, ha- and Merry Christmas, Brewster. Uh, I know we'll talk to you, but Merry Christmas anyhow, because I like saying it. And happy holidays to you. Oh, well, oh, thank you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's not a holiday, it's Christmas. It's a federal holiday. It's on like it was started because of Christ. If you don't celebrate it, don't freaking celebrate it. Rooster for you, Again, you just picked out my newest blog. <laughs> I'll do it. And also I'll do it with, with I'll even mention oh. Clint. Thank you. Oh, that's oh, so sweet. You. Take care, Rooster. Bye, guys. Bye, Rooster. You know, he calls in with the intent of spinning me up. Of course he does. And that did it. I love the fact that freaking did it. I it's love like the fact. jackass group that puts up the Festivus pole made of beer cans next to the nativity scene. If you don't want to celebrate Christmas, don't freaking celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or anything else. There's, there's a reason that we have a Christmas holiday. Well, it's, freedom, it's for, it's, it is a Christian holiday. If you don't celebrate it, freaking go to work for all I care. Like I tell everyone else, freedom of religion does not mean freedom from religion. Hey, boys, look what I got here. Hey, where are the white women at? Ain't nobody got time for that. Our good friend also joins us on the air right now, Ken from the Exceptional Conservative Show, Monday through Thursday on Blog Talk Radio. How are you, sir? I am doing well. Thank you very much, and happy Kwanzaa to you all. The sheriff is... (laughs) (laughs) Might as well go market and go all the way. That's right. That's right. How you been, my friend? Been well, been well indeed. Thank you all so much for the opportunity of speaking to your beloved audience. Uh, we love having you. Know, you. I, You're welcome. Hey, you look good in that selfie with Obama. Well, thank you very much. I uh, tried to shave my legs before we photographed, and I think I came out pretty well. <laughs> I mean, and the dumb blonde next to me was great too. <laughs> <laughs> hey Ken, you know I I, I I I hate to break news while we're on the air without checking first, but I need to know: Is there going to be a uh, a show that called "This Isn't Necessarily Black or White" with that you may be jumping into at some point? A, a show that that isn't black or white? 
I, I'm just saying, I, I heard rumors that you may be uh, maybe uh, helping out on a different show at some point. Rooster show? Did, did his agent call you? His agent called me, well, Listen. actually, you just called you just called his agent. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we Listen. got you on that one. <laughs> I'm not going to work for more than two bags of peanuts. I tell you. Wait, did you say penis or peanut? Peanut, peanut. Like, oh, I, I, I didn't hear it. I have one of my I have one of my Believe me, off. somebody says nuts near me, I hear it. Okay, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Hey, and you heard hey, uh, you Rooster, Rooster has a uh, bumper sticker. Yeah, speak of nuts. I love Rooster. <laughs> True. <laughs> Hold on, I get to pull up Rooster's bumper sticker because I want to quote it directly. I ha- I know I just put it up in my uh, in our Twitter feed here. Let's see. Exactly. After uh, you buy it, you got to bag it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a quote-unquote bagger, wouldn't that make you a quote-unquote baggy? I like my position better. <laughs> and then it's well, not because he's, play. Rooster is very narcissistic. He's always looking down on the world. So, hey, you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, love, we love Rooster. I love that bumper sticker. I thought that was well. It is great. Simply awesome. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, I'm expecting the GOP to go see their uh, proctologist uh, tomorrow. Uh, the bend over and cough routine uh, because they sure did bend down on their knees there. Yeah, I know it's proctologist. This is a black white thing. <laughs> Rooster makes a mistake, you don't point it out. <laughs> this is racist. <laughs> hey, you called us. We can't be racist. We answer. <laughs> you can't be racist, and you're our friend. <laughs> There's a, you always got to have one. You pull this one out of your gluteus maximum. Hey, I got one. Hey, Ken. Hey, Ken. Yeah. Instead of introducing, can we just call you our gratuitous black friend? Or our gratuitous black friend? What type can we give you? Ken, didn't you, didn't you refer to yourself as the token of the chat? Is that Charlie Brown's friend? Wasn't that his name? Oh, why did you, you You have the right person on the air right now to pull that out of his, give him a minute. I bet you, if you if you let Clint work on that in his head, his eyes are closed, he's sitting way back now. He's going to pop it out in a second. Um, you're talking about the Charlie Brown black kid, right? Yeah, Franklin. Yeah. Franklin. Franklin, oh, okay. It's All right, Franklin. South Park, that's token. South Park. Token. Token. There you go. Token for 500. Thank you. Because Token officially is Charlie Brown. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. wow. What an amazing discussion. We've gone from the uh, budget and uh, nuclear proliferation to Token. 
<laughs> You're dead. <laughs> well, you know, as we talk about all the time, the left loves to use race as this ridiculous divider, and, mm-hmm. and we like to show that it's the exact opposite. Um, that yeah. that it, we are. It, it's such a unifier. It's just how you apply it. And, and exactly. if you can. What the hell are you talking about right now? I'm talking about the fact that I you understand have a on the phone. <laughs> I don't understand. Race is a, it's not a divider. It's a unifier. No. Hey, Obama. The left I don't know what the fuck you're no, saying right now. Ken and I have talked about this before. Is that the left loves to use this as a divider and use our yeah. differences as a reason for us to be at each other's throats in this country. And we Clint, look at it quite the opposite. Clint, don't take it this way, Clint. Don't be so jealous. <laughs> you have a plenty ball waiting for you at home. I won't I you at something. Look at it like this. It's, it's, it's learned behavior. Absolutely. My, my, my kids had no idea the difference. I mean, they knew people like looked different, but everybody looked different. They didn't understand the, the racial difference until pointed out to them in schools by teachers right. that say, oh, this group was treated differently or, or is treated differently. or it, it's, it's learned. Yeah. It's learned, it whether is. it's in the home or whether it's in schools. I, look, I, I, didn't, I didn't, until they encountered that in school, I didn't ever feel the need to, Why to, would you? to tell my kids, you know, hey, that person's different. Notice they look different. Notice their skin tone is darker. Notice their their physical features are different. I didn't I didn't need to. Yeah, but you turn on the other thing too, though. Is no, it's ridiculous. Even even parents like you that don't teach that they turn on these kids eventually get to news media and stuff like that, where it's pushed on a regular basis for for oftentimes profit and nothing else. Um, and, and that's the sad part. I'll be very frank. Kind of, I'll be frank. Let me frank with both of you, since I can't be can. Um, the, the bottom line frank is... Frank Somebody had brought up in the chat room earlier, I don't know if you'd popped in yet, that you noticed that the left has uh, uh, stopped using the race card to defend the president as much. Um, and somebody said, you know, why is that? And it's been the last month or so. And I wanted to, your take on it real quick is mine was that it's the knockout game because enough people have come out and said that it might be racially motivated that they need to back away because they don't want those two paths to cross. Well, as the general secretary of the black race, I find it uh, very important that we bring, bring this particular subject up. And uh, quite frankly, uh, I don't think race is used enough for Obama. I mean, uh, he has a, a 50-50 poll going on in that particular subject. He's half white, half black. So on any given day, you could be correct if you ever pick it. So, uh, I mean, I, I, Wait, does that mean... 
So, so what? Some days he acts black, and some days he acts white, whatever that means. Exactly. Like, you know. See, you all, you all missed his delivery of his Marxist speech in Southeast Washington D.C. It was different from any of the other speeches he gave uh, anyplace else. He was like, "Yo, right? This is what's up, man. We got to take the money from the white man and give it to y'all." You know, it's funny too. Is I, I know that's a direct quote. Um, no. I, I, <laughs> I did see that, and you know, somebody did a whole segment on that. How you know when he's in the Midwest, he uses that kind of hokey Midwest accent. If he's in an urban part of a major city, he uses kind of that almost—I don't want to say street and give him credit, but that kind of like right. tough guy. And he doesn't really wear a suit; he sags his pants. Right. Which, if you yeah. understand yeah. where that, um, <laughs> you might not want to do that. You know. And, and it's funny because it shows you, I think that's a really good glimpse into his persona as a president. He changes wherever he goes. Instead of being the same president he is in the White House as he is in California, as he is in North Dakota, Texas, whatever, he is constantly changing who he is to meet the need of the day. Is that not dishonest, though, and go back to completely. the whole It is, right? Completely dishonest. And it's sad. And it's amazing how many people notice it. And just kind of laugh it off. But to me, it's like looking in the face of a liar. And I'm like, that's not the cause. Yeah. You know, but that's not who you are. It's what? Very Manchurian of it. Yes. Yes. I completely agree. You all didn't think I knew that one because I screwed up on Fox College. And we're in Manchuria. Oh, it's uh, uh, isn't that over like my, isn't that over like by like Mongolia somewhere? No, Why does I think it's over by Caucasia? Is it? Is, I think isn't it like like, like Mongolia, like in the Orient? Why does it have to be no, or at all? You get to the corner, man. You get to the corner, make a right, and then you'll be on Manchuria. <laughs> Ken, uh, we're going to wrap up the show, my friend. All right. Good night, God bless Thank you. Thanks Ken, for the Exceptional Conservative Show, Monday through Thursday on Blog Talk Radio. Check them out, theexceptionalconservativeshow.com. Clint, welcome back. It's a pleasure to have you Thank back. Thank you. I'll be on next week, so I'm just kidding. I won't be. <laughs> Thank you to Sacco on the blog tonight and doing a hell of a job, as he always does. Check us out on Twitter at Sackheads. Facebook, we are on there as well. Check us out, SackheadsRadio.com. We will talk to you next Wednesday. I'll talk to you before then. Well, I, I was talking to the fam. Oh, I can't tell who you're talking. You're looking at me. Oh, I'm sorry. Will you just make up your mind? 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time every week. And wait till you catch our, our holiday Christmas extravaganza. Santa's going to come visit us again. Every year he stops Every by. Every year Santa stops by. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you soon here on the Sackheads Radio Listen, Show. I'm not saying I'm Santa, but I am saying nobody has ever seen me and Santa in the same room together. With our pants on. What?
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.